And Bader's got him out. Boy, went over his back. Got a jelly by Simmons. And Simmons, he's got him in a power slam. He's got him in a power slam. Eighties Wrestling Con Virtual Signing Series welcomes Ron Simmons this Monday, February 15th. The multiple-time tag champ in both WWE and WCW. And of course, the first officially recognized African-American world heavyweight champion, Ron Simmons, will be signing autographs and giving shout-outs live on the 80s Wrestling Picks Facebook page from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. There's still time to purchase your Ron Simmons photos at 80swrestlingcon.com. Damn! Welcome back to another episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. The only show where face paint and skin-tight spandex is the mandatory dress code. My name is Jumping Jay, and I'm joined by the 10th wonder of the world, Mr. Tommy Fierro. Tommy, how you doing? (laughs) The 10th wonder of the world. The 10th wonder of the world. (laughs) How you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. We got a great show. I'm excited. You've had a busy week. What's going on in the cold, snowy state of New Jersey? Oh, man. You guys getting a lot of snow down there in uh, Minnesota or no? You know, we haven't got much snow recently. We got a couple feet on the ground just from the winter, but the last 10 days we've been in this bitter cold, like negative degrees, five degrees, nine degrees. Then you factor in the wind chill, which if you're listening from a warm zone. You might not know what windshield is, but if it's five below zero, but the wind is blowing, it feels like 15 below zero. So we're fighting some frigid temperatures here. What's it like in New Jersey? Yeah, it's not as cold as that, but it's pretty cold. And uh, it's been snowing every other day right now. So uh, that's been a lot of fun uh, for you, Jay, being, being that cold of weather when you're all bundled up and you go outside to turn your car on and warm it up. There's only one word that comes to mind that I think of that you probably say when you open that front door, and it's, damn. damn. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the awesome commercial at the top of the uh, uh, podcast. Yeah, Ron Simmons will be this Monday night live from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., and you can pick which autograph photo you would like to get signed personally to you by heading over now to 80swrestlingcon.com and then tune in this Monday night on our Facebook page. And you can find the link to our Facebook page on 80swrestlingcon.com. We got a really fun topic today, really, really fun topic. And one of our listeners and a loyal customer of 80s Wrestling Con, Marshall Hodge, uh, suggested this episode. And when he did, I thought it was great. And we're going to be talking about 80s wrestling props, which is a really interesting topic, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic topic, and I love that it was suggested by a listener. 
And so when you sent me that idea and I started remembering all the cool props from the 80s, here's the way I approached it, Tommy. I viewed a, a, a prop as something that a wrestler or manager would carry to the ring that enhanced their character or gimmick. Uh, I stayed away from things that were part of their, their wardrobe, things that were part of their, their dress or their tights or things they wore to the ring. I strictly went just an accessory, kind of like if you were going to make an action figure for this person, what's that little something extra that would come in the package? That's the way I looked at it. And uh, all the, all the things that I lost as a kid, you know, when you would get a new figure and you'd play with it and then pretty soon you'd be missing that little piece. That's what I, that's what I went after when I was show prepping. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you can look at it a, a, a few different ways. I, I, I looked at it that way as well. Also, you said you didn't you didn't uh, write down or or did things that were part of their wardrobe. For me, one of them, just looking at my list right now, and I'm not sure that you have it on your list, but I have it on mine, was Bret Hart's sunglasses. And even though it was part of his wardrobe, to me, I, I looked at it as a prop because one, he would take it off and give it to a fan at ringside, and two. Uh, and, and, and we'll talk about this more in the episode is sometimes they turn these props into huge money making merchandise uh, for the company. And, and definitely Bret Hart sunglasses was one of them. And it'd be interesting to talk about some other props that, you know, WWF at the time turned into money makers for them. And, and the, probably the majority of this podcast will be associated with the WWF because, that was really, you know, they were more, you know, gimmicky than, than the NWA was or the AWA was or world class was. So I'm sure we're talking mostly about WWF on this one. But, yeah, like someone like Bret Hart Sunglasses, I put it down as a prop only because, you know, he took it off and gave it to a fan and they made a boatload of money off of it. And that, at the end of the day, that's the, the main thing is making money. You, you always have to find uh... – you're absolutely right. Bret Hart's sunglasses were on my list, okay? And yes, they're part of his wardrobe. He wore them. But I agree with you. It's something that he gave to the fans, uh, and so I viewed that as, as a prop. But yeah, he did wear them. So I guess I misspoke. I guess some of the things on my list they did wear, but I'm just – I didn't put Ravishing Rick Rude's tights on my list, even though he would have different tights for big matches and it was kind of gimmicky. I didn't do things like that. But Bret Hart's glasses – are on my list. Tommy, how do you want to do this? I know your style, we call it in the ring. And so I don't know if you just want to ping pong back and forth a couple of these props and talk about them, or if you want us to try to rank them. What are you thinking, Tom? Can Whatever I, you want, man. We, you, you can just start listing them off, and I'll list them off. We'll just go back and forth and just have a you know, general conversation about it. Uh, quickly, before we, before we start that, uh, we had a tragic uh, loss in the 80s wrestling world last week. Or, uh, or was it earlier in the week? I believe it might have been late last week. Uh, the natural Butch Reed passed away, and uh, it, it just it stinks because one, you know, it's just less and less of the '80s guys that are, that are around, and you know, so many of them have have gone. And I was actually looking at bringing him in for. I was in in the midst of trying to bring him in for a future virtual signing. And uh, I thought it would have been a good idea to, you know, have Ron Simmons sign a bunch of doom pitchers this Monday and then save them for when Butch Reed came. 
Uh, he was someone I was actually looking into within the last couple of weeks. So uh, another 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 loss to our, the '80s wrestling world, and uh, they've just they're becoming less and less. And he he was a, a great worker. I don't know if you saw some of his old mid mid south stuff, Jay. He was he was fantastic. He was a fantastic talent um, as a singles career as part of Doom. He was a tremendous talent. It's always sad when a wrestler that you grew up watching um, passes away. We kind of tend to remember these people in their prime as we remember watching them as kids. And so sometimes we forget that that these people are aging and that uh, they're having health issues. And so a lot of the times we think of these people as being immortal. So every time, and unfortunately we're reminded often as wrestling fans that these uh, heroes of ours are just human and that they do pass away. But yes, another tragic loss for the wrestling community for sure. I guess let's start off with, uh, we're talking 80s wrestling props this week here on 80s wrestling, the podcast. Let's start off with three ones that come to the top of my, top of my head is back then the WWF in the 80s would incorporate animals as part of a wrestler's act. And obviously the three that come to mind right now for me is Jake the Snake Roberts, Coco Beware, and the British Bulldog. So let's talk about Damien, Frankie, and Matilda. The animal prop is a good one. Because what kid doesn't love a pet? Love seeing an animal accompany their favorite superstar to the ring. Now, as you get older, you start to realize that had to make travel ridiculously hard for these guys, okay? Bringing a snake, a bird, or a dog onto an airplane into a hotel room. So much respect for those guys for pouring that kind of dedication into their gimmick. But let's talk about them. Those are definitely probably the big three animals that you associate with pro wrestling in the 80s. All of them were fantastic. All of them fit the character. Let's start with Jake the Snake, Roberts, and Damien. What do you remember most about Damien, Tommy? Oh, man. I mean, that was probably one of, if not the, in my opinion, best prop ever. Uh, for for a wrestler, I mean, I remember as a kid just being petrified, uh, especially when it was a hill when he brought that snake out. I, I'm not sure if it was Damien that uh, bit Macho Man's arm. It might have been another snake at that point, but different it, different snake. Yep. Yeah, but it, it's still it's still the same concept. Is I remember that as a kid, a Macho Man tied up to the ropes, and that snake just oh just bit on the macho man's arm and it's just hanging there. I mean, the visual that you would never, ever, ever see that on TV in 2021, especially in, in the, the, the PG era. But I just remember that. And also, uh, I remember, and, and, and I don't think it was Damien either, but still we're talking about a snake as a prop when it was macho man and Elizabeth's uh, wedding reception and they open mm. up the present and the snake comes out. But I, I think probably my, my fondest memory of Damien, and we spoke about this last week on the WrestleMania 2 episode, is when Damien wrapped around George Walls' throat to the point where 
George Wells is, you know, just all this foam is coming out of his mouth and <laughs> it, it just was a great prop. You had it in the bag and you milked the bag throughout the match sometimes. It was just fantastic. How about you, Jay? My favorite part about Damien, and you just mentioned it on the tail end there, the bag. He would carry this bag. And as a kid, you would see this big snake pressing up against the inside of the bag. So you could see the outline of it. He'd leave it in the corner of the ring, tucked underneath the bottom turnbuckle. And every once in a while, you'd catch on camera the bag moving a little bit. And then some wrestlers would sell it when they'd go face first into the turnbuckle. They'd look down, they'd see the bag, and they'd, they'd do that scared shuffle away. And they'd really sell that they were scared of what's seeing in that bag. And the anticipation of knowing as soon as Jake hits that DDT, that bag's opening up. And that snake is coming out. I love the anticipation. I thought it was much better than just carrying a snake to the ring and having one of the ring boys take it back to the locker room. But having it in that bag, in the anticipation of will we see it? When will we see it? And Damien was a big snake. Like every time he came out of that bag, your eyes went big because it was a huge snake. I thought it was beautifully done. And this is the perfect example, the absolute perfect example of a prop making a talent. Was Jake the Snake Roberts one of the greatest of all time? Absolutely. Was he one of the best uh, interviewers and in, in, in psychology-wise? Absolutely. He would have got by and he would have did great without that character. However, that snake made Jake Roberts a household name to this day. And uh, I guess it's a, a good time to mention that we're actually having Jake Roberts uh, as part of one of our uh, virtual signings, a special Sunday edition on Sunday, March the 28th. Jake the Snake Roberts will be doing a virtual signing with us. And you can order your autograph photo now by heading over to 80swrestlingcon.com. But yeah, that's the perfect example of a prop making a talent. Uh, like I said, Jake was fantastic, one of the greatest to ever do it. But that snake and Damien put him over the top. Let's move on to another animal. This is a guy who you recently had as part of your 80s Wrestling Con virtual signing series. Coco Beware with his bird, Frankie, the Birdman. Uh, definitely a fan favorite as a kid. Loved seeing the blue and yellow macaw coming down with Coco as he did the bird dance. Another great eye-catching prop, not as dangerous as the snake, not as uh, fear-causing, more of a light-hearted, good-time character Coco was. Tommy, what do you remember about Frankie? Well, first, let me crack open a Monster Energy drink. We're going to have to talk to them about getting an official sponsorship here. See if we can get your <laughs> cases shipped over. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love that character as a kid, man. I, I'm sure everybody did growing up as a kid. You know, Coco Beware coming out with Frankie and, and doing the bird dance. I can picture you doing it right now, Jay, just sitting behind your desk. You got your hands up and down, and you're, you're waving them back and forth. Uh, again, here's another perfect example of a prop making a talent. Frankie totally made Coco Beware. Totally. Nothing, nothing against Coco. Uh, nothing against his talent, but that bird, 
that made him and made his character. And like you said at the top of the show, uh, what, what kid didn't love animals? And then you associate that animal with the talent. Perfect example. Perfect example again of a of a a, a prop getting a talent over. And and Coco, by the way, you, you mentioned we had him uh, back in December for a virtual signing. He was fantastic. Yeah, you can actually watch that. Uh, video of of the virtual signing, meaning get a chance to, on 80swrestlingcon.com. Um, but yeah, talk about traveling. I, I don't know. Can you imagine just traveling all around the world? And back then, they were on the road every day and just traveling around with a bird all the time. Well, I, I read somewhere in an interview with Coco that he wasn't allowed to bring it overseas whenever they toured overseas. And so that he was always disappointed because fans would always ask him, where Frankie was. But yeah, if you're driving or flying around the continental U.S. and you got to have a bird with you at all times, it has to make it interesting. Um, And those first two, Jake the Snake and Coco Beware, both of those animals came as accessories to their LJN figures back in the 80s. And so that's how important those animals were to these guys' gimmicks. Absolutely. And last, but certainly not least, is Matilda, who was with Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, the British Bulldogs. Again, as a kid, who, I mean, this is a, a, a no-brainer. What kid, little kid, didn't love a dog? And having Matilda with the British Bulldogs, again, I don't want to say it's a prop to get them over, because uh, they were so talented, they were so darn good. But I do, again, think that Matilda put them over the top as far as being the British Bulldogs. And uh, the fondest memory for me of Matilda was when Haku and Tama and Bobby the Brain Heenan, they kidnapped Matilda. I mean, talk about an awesome angle, an awesome storyline, Ajay. That's what a prop should do. It should enhance your character, but it should also give something that can be part of a storyline or part of a rivalry. And that's a beautiful storyline there. Yeah, you kidnap Matilda, you're going to get a match with the Bulldogs. And so, no, I love that they did that. I think it fit perfectly. And if you call yourselves the Bulldogs, you should have a Bulldog at your side. Makes perfect sense. Well, I'll tell you, if someone kidnapped you, they'd have to have a match with me. That's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> the good news is <laughs> I don't think anybody <laughs> driving down the street would take a look at me and say, we got to have that guy uh, in our crew. I don't think I'd be bothered, bothered too much. Um, but I appreciate that. I would love to see a Jay uh, on a pole match or Jay in a cage match. Uh, so Tommy can win me. I appreciate that, man. Well, there, there has, there has to be somewhere in this world, a wrestling historian that would kidnap jumping Jay from Minnesota because he's the only man alive that has seen the Bolsheviks main event, a house show. I don't think That's there's true. another person in this world, including in Minnesota, that has seen the Bolsheviks in the That's main true. event of a show. So it's, it's a it's a it's a rare it's rare air that I breathe when you put it that way, for sure, for sure. Where's <laughs> that with Valentine's Day coming up? Where's that Valentine's Day card? You know, people say they'd take a bullet for someone, but how many people uh, would get into a cage match for, for somebody that they love? You should, you should market that to Hallmark. That's a great idea. 
It is. Wrestling, wrestling Valentine's Day cards. Nice. So let's let's move on and talk about some more um, props that were used. We we talked about three of uh, the the big animal ones, and and that was such a a, a big one. But let's talk about some of the other props that wrestlers have used uh, in the '80s that made their characters and uh, and made money for the company. One of them that comes to the top of my head, and I'm sure it does. I'm sure it's at the top of your list. Ho, the two by four. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, here's a situation where it maybe enhanced his character, didn't make his character. It was only a part of his character, the prop. However, I'm sure that he made a lot of money, and I know WWE made a lot of money. Remember back in the day, they had the the foam two by fours that they would sell in the WWF magazine and at the live events. You know, a ton, a ton of fans bought that. That, that foam two-by-four in the 80s. Absolutely. I remember the foam two-by-four uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the store there when you would go to live events. Jim Duggan's two-by-four is the very first one that I wrote on my list because it's the very first one that jumped to my brain when we talked about props from wrestlers is his two-by-four. Now, I'll be honest. I have no idea why he carried a two-by-four with him. I understand his nickname being Hacksaw, and you could use a Hacksaw to cut a piece of lumber, but I, don't, I didn't understand why he had the 2x4. I love that he had the 2x4, and I love that it's one of those props where you didn't need to bring it on the plane. You just hit the hardware store before your match in the next town, and you'd have a brand new piece of wood with you. And so I don't know why he had the 2x4, but absolutely I remember it. It sticks in my brain from my childhood. I remember my Hasbro figure having the two by four accessory. And so I absolutely love it. It seems to me that carrying a two by four uh, could easily get into the hands of your opponent and be used as a foreign object against you. But I loved it. Yeah. And I guess one of my, my fondest memories of the two by four, I actually got to, I actually got (laughs) to real quick. I got a funny story to tell. And I, I don't remember who the vendor was, and uh, and I'm not saying this to laugh at them because it's, it's definitely not funny. And if if someone's listening that that it was them, I, I apologize. It's 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 it's, it's a funny story. Uh, I had a wrestling convention one time in New Jersey. Uh, it was a blizzard, dude. It was it was snowing like crazy, and I mean. I'm talking about a lot of snow and, and, and the, the attendance wasn't that great because of all the snow. It was, it was a blizzard. And one of the vendors brought in Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And obviously they brought a bunch of two by fours to, to have him sign at the convention. Well, with a blizzard, there wasn't that many people there. And the convention's over. The guy's packing up. I'm sure he's pissed off because, you know, he... You know, he probably didn't do very well with Duggan uh, or, or no one else for that matter because it was a blizzard. And on top of that, he now has all these two by fours he has to, <laughs> you know, leave the building with. So <laughs> this is horrible, um, but very funny. Uh, he's he's so he's packing up. He's leaving. He's he's rolling his stuff out. Now, m- my parents are at the my back in the day. My parents always worked the front door for all my conventions. 
And my mom's sitting there and the guy's rolling past with all these two by fours. And my mom laughs. She goes, I hope you have a fireplace. Oh my God. (laughs) First of all, that was me. I would have freaking flipped out that I already lost my shirt. And now this lady's laughing at me because I have all these two by fours. (laughs) I mean, looking back at it, it's, it's so freaking funny. This guy's this guy is probably in the worst mood ever, rolling his stuff away. And mom goes, "I hope you have a fireplace." I mean, God, but it's it's funny, and it that's that's why I thought of. But uh, my fondest memory of uh, the two by four is when he used it against Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was still laughing at this poor guy. <laughs> were these were these like six foot two by fours, or did he have them yeah, down in little uh, sections? No, bro. They were they were two by fours, man. <laughs> <laughs> and just imagine them. Just imagine just losing your shirt, and then yeah, I mean, I, I can laugh because I, I probably lost my shirt that day too with with all with all town running. But uh, just just imagine just like you have to you have to just you have to bring all these two by fours back to your car, and then some lady did, laughed. Did he did he have Duggan did he have Duggan pre-sign them or were they unsigned? Just uh, I if he was smart. If he's smart, he did. I would have. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. But all I know, remember, is my mom saying that. And I, I just could have crawled in a ball and hid somewhere because I was so embarrassed. But years later, it's, it's very, very funny. Somewhere there is a kid who grew up with a treehouse built completely out of Jim Duggan autographed two by fours <laughs> in that guy's backyard. So good for that kid. Uh, but yeah, Tim, uh, Jim Duggan. Uh, against Andre the Giant uses the two by four is the great equalizer. Um, it seems funny to me that refs and things were okay with these guys bringing a weapon to the ring. Uh, but yeah, you bring a prop that can be used as a weapon and it'll help you chop down giants. It will. Absolutely. So yeah, that that's another one that, like you said, it was definitely on the top of my list is one of the best uh, props uh, used my talent. Another one that I, I thought of right away, and I'm sure you did as well, was Big Boss Man's Nightstick. Absolutely. Right there at the top of my list, Big Boss Man's Nightstick. He's a, he's a police officer. It makes sense that he would carry a nightstick with him. I thought it went with his character perfectly. I thought that his ability to handle it, he could twist it in his hands. He could do all sorts of cool moves with it. So he obviously practiced with it. I think that's one of those things that really took that character, which is already a, a cool, iconic character, but it gave it that little something extra. And again, you had that accessory for action figures. Um, did they sell foam nightsticks like they did with Duggan's 2x4? They did. They did. There you go, another marketing marketing move. So, and I feel like Vince was excellent at that. Always thinking about what's that little something extra we could do that would help a character, but would also bring money in, like you said. Yeah, and I remember uh, this for me. That's the big thing is 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 marketing these props into merchandise that fans can buy. I know that we we didn't mention it. Matilda, they had a a, a stuffed Matilda uh, stuffed Matilda doll. Uh, and I don't think they did for Frankie though. If I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't remember being a stuffed animal Frankie. I know there was a stuffed animal Matilda, but I don't think there was one for Frankie. Was there? Not that I remember. 
Um, wouldn't surprise no. me if there was, but like I said, or, I don't remember or, it. Or, or Damien. I don't think there was one for Damien either. So that's that's definitely they lost out on a lot, a lot, a lot of money there because, you know, as a kid watching it, who doesn't want a stuffed animal? Especially if it's of 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 you know their favorite wrestlers' animals. So I think that they could have. I, I could be mistaken about about Damien, but I don't think there. I don't remember there being one of Damien or or Frankie as far as stuffed animals go. I know for Matilda, there definitely was. I think they had a rubber Damien that came in a bag. Yeah, I know. I know that. I'm talking about like a, a, yeah. a, a stuffed animal, though. Like a right. I don't think they had a plush thing. version. They didn't awesome. have a cute and cuddly Damien, no. <laughs> cute and cuddly. Right. Uh, another prop that comes to mind, obviously, at the top of the list, and uh, it it was part of his, his gimmick – so I don't want to say this prop made his gimmick, but it, it kind of did because it was his character was Brutus Beefcake Scissors. The giant pair, the shears, the, sure. the head clippers. Those things were awesome. He had, he had the tiny barber's pair that he would use to actually do the clipping, but when he would cut and strut with that giant pair of shears, yeah, it, it completed that character. You needed a barber to have scissors, and you needed a pair of scissors that people could see uh, sitting, you know, 15 rows back. And so I think that was awesome. Uh, and I love that they included that in the Hasbro figure. It came with a pair of those shears. And so, yeah, it didn't make the character, like you said, but definitely that little something extra that put it over the top. Well, you know, and also you talked about when – Jake Roberts hit that DDT. The people just couldn't wait for Damien to come out of that bag. Same thing after the sleeper hold. And the people couldn't wait for someone to get their hair cut after the match. Absolutely. When that sleeper went on and the and that wrestler was fighting it, but you could see him drifting, you knew it was haircutting time. And no, what great sports to be willing to get their hair cut after a match with the barber. But yeah, it's one of those things as a kid that caught your attention. If a Brutus the Barber Beefcake match was on TV, you didn't get up to go to the bathroom. If your mom called you into the kitchen, you tried to delay as much as you could because you didn't want to miss the haircut at the end of the match. And so, again, beautiful the way they did stuff like that to keep people glued to the television set. Cutting and strutting, brother. Cutting and strutting. What a dangerous prop, though, if you... (laughs) If you think about it, a giant, sharp pair of scissors. Uh, talk about dangerous, but uh, I don't think the big shears were ever used on anybody that I can remember. Are you ready for an even more scarier one, Jay? How can you or anyone else forget about Betsy? <laughs> Betsy. I, 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 I texted Jay early this morning, I said, listen, I'm looking forward to the episode today, but I have props on Ron Bass's Betsy. If, uh, if you remember Betsy, and could you just mention Brutus Beefcake? Doesn't make me think of Betsy. I remember it. I should have had a, a bullwhip sound effect queued up. Uh, but yeah, great prop, but you did call dibs. And so I'll let you talk a little bit about Ron Bass's Betsy. <laughs> There's not really much to say about Betsy other than uh you know he Ron Simmons would uh, Ron Simmons God. Uh Ron uh Ron Bass would carry it to the ring. And remember the one time he cut Brutus Beefcake really good. Um 
That wasn't with Betsy. That was with, uh, what was that with? Wasn't that with, was that a cowbell on a rope? No, no, no it wasn't. Um, it was, it was connected to Betsy, I think. But anyway, I just want to, uh, I, I did call dibs on Betsy. And since we were talking about different props, we had to include Miss Betsy on that list. Uh, another one that comes to mind as a prop and, this would be someone else we have coming up for the 80s Wrestling Con virtual signing series is Cowboy Bob Orton's cast. How can anyone forget that? Uh, the cast was a prop used for uh, many, many matches. And it seems like uh, to this day, the arm still goes on him every now and again because you still see him pop up once in a while at signings and, and, and appearances and he has the cast on. The never healing arm of Cowboy Bob Orton. Here's the beautiful thing about the cast. Everybody knew it was going to be used as a weapon, but as an official, how do you, the guy's got a broken arm. He's wearing a cast. You can't tell him to take it off. And so what a nice way for a heel to be able to sneak in. Foreign object! A foreign object, uh, just skirting around the rules. I have a broken arm. I, I, I have to wear it. And then, yeah, he would use it uh, in the match. And the best was when he would go to hit an opponent, they would move and he'd hit one of his own guys uh, and they'd sell the heck out of it. So no, that's, you can't think cowboy Bob Orton without thinking about that cast. Jay, what was that noise that was just made while oh, you were talking? Listen to it again. Let's see if you know where this is from. Foreign objects. <laughs> Do you know what that's from? No, I don't. But I thought I thought it was maybe your wife in the background yelling at you to get off the get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a, it is hey, a stop clip. That wrestling, stop that wrestling crap! This this guy already texted you at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no, it was not my wife. I should have prepped you before I played it. Yeah, uh, I had no idea what that was. It is a uh, just a small, small audio clip from the movie Ready to Rumble. Do you remember the movie Ready to Rumble uh, back in 2000? Yes. Okay. There's a scene uh, where the lead actor, David Arquette, um, is having a bedroom scene with a young lady. Uh, and when she removes her top, he yells for an object <laughs> and starts wrestling with her. Uh, and so when we were talking props, that scene prop popped into my head. And so I went out and I stole just the one second clip of him yelling foreign object. Uh, yeah. It, listen to it again. Maybe. You... Foreign object. Oh yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. See, when you, when, when you were talking and, and that was playing at the same time, I thought your wife was saying, get the hell off the phone. <laughs> uh, uh, my wife does do a mean David Arquette impression, but <laughs> hey, let's, well, we'll let's talk about another another uh, prop, uh, another big one that was used to win many matches for the Hart Foundation was Jimmy Hart's megaphone. Jimmy Hart's megaphone. What an iconic prop. Managers tended to have something to carry to the ring. We could we could name five or six managers off the top of our head that carried something to the ring. But the mouth of the South having a megaphone was such a perfect fit. And what a prop because he could use it to talk into to annoy the heck out of you. He could toss it into the ring and their opponent and, the, and, the, and his wrestlers could use it against their opponents. 
I loved the megaphone. And again, that's one of those props that would come with the action figures, the first line of action figures, LJN, Jimmy Hart had the megaphone molded into his hand. And so no iconic, iconic prop for sure. And while we're at it, we might as well talk, you're talking about managers. You might as well mention, you know, Mr. Fuji and you can mention Freddie Blassie as well, because they both had canes that they used for the matches. You there, Jay? Oh, Jay must have got kicked off. Maybe his, maybe that was his wife that was uh, that was yelling in the background because Jay fell off the call. So I'll I'll, I'll pick it up. And uh, yeah, managers was was a big thing as well. And and uh, Mr. Fuji and Freddie Blassie both had canes uh, that they used. And while we're at it, I guess we can also talk about luscious Johnny V would have that cigar. And, uh, you know, the one time he used the cigar uh, during the Mike Rotundo and uh, Barry Windham match against Valentine and Beefcake, he used that cigar to help uh, win the match. But, yeah, I mean, props were used a lot for managers back in the day. Bobby the Brain Heenan really didn't have a prop. He didn't need a prop. His mouth was his prop, which – it's funny to say that, but it's true. He was just so damn good that, uh, you know, he, he didn't really need a prop. No, he was, he was the best to ever do it. Bobby the Brain Heaton. When you, when you got knocked off the call real quick, I said, maybe that was his wife that was in the background yelling at him. (laughs) I looked, I looked over my shoulder when I, when, when my call dropped and she was standing there with the internet cord in her hand. uh, (laughs) I said, get off. No. Uh, I don't know if it's the cold weather or what, but the last couple of weeks when we've been doing this, yeah, every once in a while uh, it'll drop me. But thankfully, uh, Tommy, uh, not the mouth of the South, but maybe the mouth of the of the East Coast over there can can carry the weight as I dial back in frantically. Um, yeah, I, I definitely call. I have definitely called that one in the ring, but uh, you don't need to edit anything out because it wasn't really that bad of a of a drop, and you got right back on. Let, let's go. Let's move. Let's let's move back into another prop used uh, in the 80s that was a big one, a real big one, was the Honky Tonk Man's guitar. Absolutely. How can you talk about wrestling props without including Honky Tonk's guitar? It, it goes right along with his characters being an Elvis impersonator. Yes, he had the awesome jumpsuits. Yes, he had the hair. But without the guitar, it just wouldn't be a complete package. And again, it's an accessory that he could easily turn on his opponent and crack people over the head with. And so you always knew when he had that guitar in his hand, there was a chance that something was going to happen. Absolutely. And and I'm sure that you're going to have the same answer as I do. Probably my favorite and most memorable uh, uh, angle of, of the guitar was on Saturday night's main event when the Honky Tonk Man smashed that guitar over the Macho Man's head. That is an iconic episode, not only uh, for the, the guitar smash, but that was the first time somebody laid a hand on Elizabeth. Uh, Honky kind of shoves her to the side. Um, and so, yeah, just an iconic iconic uh, episode and something that lives in the memories of wrestling fans. Absolutely. Let's talk about Hercules Hernandez and his chain. 
he made my list as well. That chain was something that as a kid, man, it was the thick list. It was the heavy stuff. And so it gave credibility to the fact that this guy's name was Hercules and that he was strong. And when he would whip that thing around the ring like a helicopter over his head and people would run for cover, again, just one of those awesome accessories that really didn't wasn't needed, but man, it added that something extra to his character for sure. Absolutely. And and, and although this guy was early nineties, he's still tied into that whole golden era. And that's Rick Martell and his can of arrogance that made my list as well. <laughs> now, if you don't think immediately about his rivalry with Jake, the snake around the, uh, the can of arrogance, like, man, what a, what a storyline that was to blind Jake the Snake and then to have to have that, uh, that odd blindfold match together. But, yeah, that can of arrogance. Man, he played such a good heel, uh, Rick Martell did. I don't know if he gets enough credit for how versatile he was and how good of a heel he was when he was the model. He definitely does. And it's, it's crazy that he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. And it's even more crazier that I cannot get him or no one can get him to do a signing. Uh, He is one of the most requested names out there right now from collectors and wrestling fans. He just will not do anything. I actually had him at one of my first conventions back in 1995. I had him and he was right off WWF TV at the time. And uh, he, he just, he won't do anything. He doesn't want to do with the wrestling business. And uh, I, I keep trying a few times a year to get him to do something. He just doesn't want to do anything. But, you know, as, as they say, and I guess it's a good, uh, a good segue to the next guy, everybody's got a price because the million-dollar belt made my list as well as, as a prop uh, because that belt uh, definitely helped enhance uh, the million-dollar man's character and career. That's one of the props that almost takes on a life of its own. There are people who are not wrestling fans that know about the million dollar belt because it is, it's just an amazing looking uh, belt. And the idea that I can't win a championship belt, so I'm just going to pay for one to be made. I'm just going to buy one. Like you can't get more evil than I don't need your title. I'm just going to buy my own. Like, it's just beautiful. It's such a heel move. And kind, you guys, Jay, kind of like how I bought you as my co-host for 80s exactly. wrestling. The podcast. What, what a heel move. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you, when you had your signing with Ted DiBiase, there was a couple of these belts that came across the table for him to sign. Who would have thought this many years later, a prop, is just as over as the character himself. They're still selling this prop on WWE Shop Zone, I bet. Jay, and, this, and that item is the only item that I got for because fans, when we do our signings, and at the end of the episode, I'll, I'll mention all the upcoming signings we have. You have the opportunity to send your own merchandise and they get signed by the talent. You, you tune in live, you watch them sign it, they give you a shout out, and then we ship it back to you after the signing. A lot of people send, you know, action figures and old magazines and and things like that. But for the Million Dollar Man signing, I actually got two or three million dollar titles in the in the mail to get signed. 
And that's the only item I've ever got so far that I was actually nervous of handling and being responsible for because these items are those belts, Jay, $700 each. These belts cost. So one, I'm worried about handling these belts because they're $700 and then worrying about packaging them the right way to strip them back and making sure they get back to the customer. That's the only time I've had any items come through here uh, yet that I've gotten a little nervous about was these $700 million dollar belts. That's, that's incredible. I mean, they looked great during the signing. Like they looked great on camera as cool looking in person. Yeah, they really were, man. And I actually used, I actually used one of the belts as a prop for the show itself. I had it. You watch the show. I had it on the front yep, of the table. Front of the and table. At, at the end of the signing, I'd had I'd had Ted sign it to 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 the uh, the customer. But yeah, it was so impressive looking that I, I figured that why not use it as a prop for the for the actual the actual uh, virtual signing. But yeah, that's another another one is that belt helped enhance his career as well. And uh, another name, another prop that we didn't mention yet that I'd like to mention, it actually could be for a few different characters, was the gimmick of the king. And you had the crown. The crown is on my list for props, whether it was Hacksaw King Duggan or was it King Haku or was it King Harley Race. The king crown has made my props list. How about you, Jay? It did make my props list. I have Harley Race. I have Aku. I have Jerry the King Lawler. But the person that I think did the most uh, in the WWF with the title the King would have to be Randy Savage. When he turned heel and he had that gorgeous giant gold crown with the purple stone in it with the word macho across the front of it. How cool was that? Yeah, really cool, man. Very, very cool. And then another another prop I wanted to uh, mention, since we just talked about Macho Man, you just mentioned, was his brother, Lanny Poffo. And he had a Frisbee that he would throw into the audience. Now, check this out, Jay. Two stories that I want to tell you real quick tied into one. When I was a kid, I actually caught Lanny Poffo's Frisbee at William Patterson College in Wayne, New Jersey, for a house show. and I also caught rugged Ronnie Garvin's yellow towel at Madison Square Garden in his match against Greg the Hammer Valentine. So I think between me catching Papo's Frisbee and Ronnie Garvin's towel, it was destined that I'd be a part of the wrestling business. Do you still have either of those items? I, I I have the Frisbee. I don't know where... The towel is. It has to be somewhere. Uh, but I'll try to find the Frisbee. Uh, right now, we're we're in the midst of opening a, a wrestling merchandise store in New Jersey. Uh, probably within the next month, we'll be open, uh, hopefully. Uh, it's in one of those crates, that Frisbee. When I go up there and I find it, I'll take a picture of it, and I'll post it on our Instagram page. Also, I have a picture of me as a kid holding that Frisbee that I catch with Lanny Poffo. I, I got to meet him at intermission time. So I have that picture as well. So I'll try and find both and, and get them posted up. But again, between me catching the Frisbee and Ronnie Garvin's towel, I think that was, uh, was a good luck charm for me to years later getting get involved with the wrestling business. So 
describe to me the scene when the, when you catch the Frisbee. Is it like being at a baseball game when someone catches a foul ball and everybody around him is like, let me see it. Can I hold it? Can I see it? What uh, happened dude, was, when, when young Tommy caught the Frisbee? I was so young. I don't even remember, but I, okay. I, I, I do still have, I still have it. I just saw it last month. I packed it up to bring up to the store. The Ronnie garbage, how I have not been able to locate in years. I hope I didn't lose it. I hope it's somewhere, but I haven't been able to find it, but I did catch his tail at Madison Square Garden. I was in the seventh or eighth row and, and caught it. You uh, you probably left it on the locker room floor of the New Jersey YMCA when you were younger. And <laughs> yeah, uh, after as, a, as long as a workout, brother. That's right. After hanging and banging, moving some LBSs. Listen, as long as we're talking towels, let's talk Mr. Perfect. He too would carry a towel. Uh, to the ring. And so I wrote Mr. Perfect Towel on my list of props slash his gum because nothing was cooler to me. He'd be walking down the aisle. He'd toss his towel over his shoulder and Bobby Heenan would catch it. Then he'd stand on the turnbuckle, spit his gum out and slap it out into the crowd. How cool. What a, what a heel move to slap your chewed gum into the crowd, by the way, but just those little two things that you wouldn't think a prop would consist of a towel or a piece of chewing gum, but Mr. Perfect made them both work for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who would ever thought a piece of gum or a a white little towel would be a prop? But yeah, it was for Mr. Perfect. It was part of his character and and it definitely enhanced it. We talked about a lot of, do you think there's, there's somebody out there that their claim to fame is they caught the chewing gum that, that Mr. Perfect spit out. I'm sure somebody caught some at some point. I'm sure someone has it in a bag stapled to their wall right now as they're listening to this episode. And if you do, send us a picture of it. Send a picture. <laughs> but yeah, man, there's a lot of, lot of props used in the eighties and it was really fun talking about them. Any, any other ones come to mind before we, uh, we, we put this episode to bed. You know, I think we hit all the, uh, all the main ones I did have. It was both, uh, and maybe you talked about it when I dropped off the air when we were talking managers, but I liked Mr. Fuji uh, and classy Freddie Blassie, how they would use a cane. Yeah, um, I, did, I did mention that. You did mention that. All right. Uh, and then I just have some other ones, but I do have one that jumped to my mind and it's not one that took off. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan wore the Hulkster helmet and they yeah. tried to get that to take off as a prop? Yes, <laughs> man. That's that's hey, the you know, first. You know, another prop Jay we didn't mention was Bad News Browns. Uh, what did he have? He had a. Uh, what did he hold? He, in his hand. Yeah, you're talking animal. Yeah, yeah. He pa- he tried to pass it off as a New York subway rat, but that thing was yeah. straight up a possum. Yeah, yeah, possum. That's what it was. That was a possum. We tried to say it was a rat from the sewers of New York, but that thing was, that thing was giant. That was a possum. But imagine, just imagine having to do a promo holding that in your hand. I, I would be freaked out, dude. There's no way in the world I would do that. I hope we got paid extra for that. But now, did was that just for a specific feud? Was that when he was going against Jake the Snake? I believe, I believe so. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I could be wrong. But I believe that's when he used it for saying and that. Then, that or something like that. Yeah, and then when Ricky the Steamboat went against Jake, they made him bring like a Komodo dragon to the ring, right? Yes, yes. So, so 
I just love that somebody's idea behind the stage was, well, he's going up against someone who has an animal. We have to give him some kind of animal. Let's give Bad News Brown a possum. Why didn't just, they ever, it's, a, it's a crazy idea. Why didn't they ever give Steve Lombardi like a hermit crab or something like that? <laughs> you're gonna get, you're gonna you're gonna get squashed against a, a wrestler with a with an animal. At least give him a little animal like a a hermit crab or a little they, a little mouse or something like that. This is why you need to be on the booking team, Tommy. These ideas <laughs> are gold. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was a fun episode to, to talk about uh, today. And uh, we're, we're definitely open to uh, hearing your ideas, what you would like to hear for future episodes. And again, we'd like to thank Marshall Hodge for the suggestion. And if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to send us a message on Instagram, at 80s Wrestling, on Twitter, at 80s Wrestling underscore, on Facebook, 80s Wrestling Picks, on, uh, we're all over, whatever. You find a way to contact us, let us know what you're, you'd like to, to hear and we'll try our best to uh, talk about it on future episodes of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Real quickly, just want to mention some upcoming uh, virtual signings that we have coming up. And uh, and Jay, I, I know Jay's going to want to throw me off the roof because I just added a bunch more that he's going to be adding on the website in uh, the next day or so. And uh, we, we were adding dates. We were doing them twice a month and now we're going to start doing them three times a month. Now, obviously, if you're doing them three times a month, every month, you're, you're going to run out of 80s, guys, right, Jay? So what I thought of to, to continue this, and a lot of fans do ask for guys from the 90s or the 2000s or even current guys, is we're going to rebrand this whole concept and call it the Monday Night Virtual. And uh, every, not every Monday, but you know, almost every Monday we're going to be doing virtual signings and it's going to be featuring stars from the eighties, nineties, two thousands, and even more current guys over the last few years. And uh, we're going to really kick off the concept with our first non eighties guests, which will be on Monday, April 19th for extreme virtual signing. We're going to have not one, not two, three, four, but four, five former ECW superstars on the first actual installment of Monday Night Virtual featuring Shane Douglas, Jerry Lynn, Two Cold Scorpio, Mikey Whipwreck, and Simon Diamond, Jay. That's how we're going to kick it off. What a way to kick it off with an extreme signing, some fantastic ECW legends, I don't know how you get all these people, Tommy. I'm always in awe, but what a fun virtual signing that's going to be. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that. And real quick, just to run off some of the 80s ones coming up this Monday, obviously, is Ron Simmons. February 22nd, we have the Powers of Pain. March 8th is Wendy Richter. March 22nd, doubleheader, Cowboy Bob Orton and Craig DeGeorge. April the 26th, we have Stan Hansen. May 24th, we have Nikita Koloff. May 10th is Ken Patera. June 7th, the Rock and Roll Express. June 21st, the Head Shrinkers. Now I want to add and mention new signings that we have that are non-80s guys. We mentioned April 19th is the Extreme Virtual Signing. On May 17th, we're doing a doubleheader with 
Eric Rowan, formerly of the WWE's Wyatt family, and Darren Young, formerly of the WWE. And on June 28th, we have Billy Gunn. On July 5th, we have Tyrus slash Brutus Clay. And on July 26th, we have the Man of a Thousand Holds, Dean Malenko. So we're going to be mixing in some of the 90s, 2000s, and more current guys with the 80s guys and rebranding everything Monday Night Virtual. All this information from the new signings will be up on the website in the very near future, 80swrestlingcon.com. You looking forward to seeing some of the non-80s guys doing these virtual signings, Jay? Absolutely. Some of the names that you're bringing from the 90s and even more recent than that, big names, guys who made an impact in the industry. And so why we grew up on 80s wrestling, we never fully checked out of the business. And so all these names are exciting. You just keep getting these big names after big names to sign on to do your virtual signings, Tommy. What a treat for wrestling fans of all generations, whether they watch in the 80s, 90s, or even beyond. Yeah, and again, you can head over to 80swrestlingcon.com now and order. You'll see a bunch of pictures up on the website. You can order which photo you want for the wrestler to sign. You tune in live to the Facebook page. We'll sign it for you, hold it up, give you a shout-out, and then we ship your photo out to you following the signing. Same thing with uh, sending your own items in as well. Just make sure you send in two weeks prior to the signing. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be working on some more signings as well. And uh, I I guess that's all for this week's episode. Jay, anything else you want to talk about or mention? That was it. Great episode, Tommy. It's always fun to go down memory lane, talk about wrestling and the props. Such a great uh, topic of conversation because it's often those props that set characters apart, but it's often those props that kind of don't get enough attention. So it was fun to talk just about those props today. Absolutely, man. And again, anyone that has any suggestions for next week's episode or future episodes, feel free to hit us up on one of our social media platforms and let us know what you'd like to hear. And until next week, have a great weekend. We'll catch you Monday with the Ron Simmons virtual signing. And we'll catch you right here next week on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.